And we stepped outside for the summer and we've been looking at a, a sermon that Jesus preached. It was a sermon that he preached on his favorite topic. If there's one thing Jesus preached about more than anything else, it was the kingdom of God. If you look at the sermons of Jesus, he, he consistently comes back to his kingdom and preaches about his kingdom. And so we've spent some time, and, and this is a sermon that can be found in Matthew chapter 5 uh, through chapter 7. And we've looked at these words to see what Jesus wanted us to know about his kingdom. See, this sermon was really the introduction to the kingdom. It was the one he preached to introduce what was coming. And so he was desiring to open up people's eyes to, to the kingdom that he was, he, was, he was bringing in. So Jesus talked about perspective. There's a kingdom perspective within within his kingdom and we talked about the beatitudes blessed are those and we talked about how he was kind of turning things upside down jesus talked about purpose there is kingdom purpose we're to be salt and light in his kingdom the next thing jesus talked about was kingdom righteousness and what does it mean to be righteous within his kingdom he was dealing with the very religious people who thought righteousness was something that they could attain by the actions that they were doing. And Jesus was trying to say, no, righteousness, what true righteousness is in my kingdom, cannot be found apart from what has been done for you, not what you've done for me. And so this week we're going to continue on in looking at some of, some of the words that Jesus wrote. We're going to jump just a little bit to Matthew chapter 6. We were talking about kingdom righteousness and this chapter is about acts of righteousness and so i just want to read this morning matthew chapter 6 verses 1 through 18 i'm going to pray before i read these words god we thank you for your presence we thank you for your promise that you inhabit the praises of your people and father we pray for your anointing to continue this morning i pray for our hearts for our ears for our eyes to be aligned with you I yield myself, my thoughts, the words that are on this document to you, God, and I ask that your very will be accomplished in this place. Help us to have ears that hear, hearts that receive, all that you have in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So... When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they, won't, they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. This should sound familiar. I'm going to preach on these words next week. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and lead us not into temptation. 
but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also for, uh, will forgive. Sorry. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. These words that we're talking about, Jesus is addressing something that everyone does. These are actions, acts of righteousness. We're going to talk about the what in a little bit. And we're going to talk about the who and the why. But before we get there, I tell you what, anytime Jesus is preaching, anytime you're reading the word of God and you see Jesus say, be careful, you might want to listen. The very first two words of this chapter are, be careful, use caution. So if Jesus is saying, use caution, I think my ears need to be listening. And Jesus is saying, use caution, not to the ones who are already doing this. He wasn't speaking to the Pharisees necessarily when he was speaking these words. He was speaking to his followers, and he's looking at them and he's saying, hey, you need to use caution. You need to carefully consider the things that you're doing. This morning, as we dig into this chapter, this morning as we dig into these verses, I desire for these two words to resonate with you. That we would be careful. That we would carefully consider the things we're doing. What were we being careful about? He said, be careful when you do what? Acts of righteousness. He talks about praying, he talks about fasting, he talks about giving. But that wasn't the extent of what acts of righteousness were. What are acts of righteousness? Well, for some, we associate them with the religious things that we do. Acts of righteousness truly are anything that come from who we've become in Christ. So because of my righteousness that has been given to me through Jesus Christ, I give. And because of the righteousness that has been given to me, I pray. And because of the righteousness that has been given to me, I fast. Because of who I am in Christ, I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're fruit of who I am in Him. And these people, they were gauging their actions based upon what they were doing. Their acts of righteousness truly should be the product of your faith. Jesus is saying the what. Be careful. When your faith is being revealed, the, the what is, is that product of your faith. Why? Before we get to why, I want to talk about who. He said, be careful when you do your acts of righteousness in front of others. You know, as we look at our faith and we look at the product of our faith, there's some, there's some questions that I believe that we need to wrestle through. There's some thoughts I believe that we need to have for ourselves. And, and that question that Jesus is addressing, that question that, that he's causing us when he says, be careful, I'm going to ask you to consider today who you're doing these things for. The product of your faith, who are they being done for? Who is your audience? You know, there's a word that we see several times in these verses. There's a word that that Jesus continues to come back to when he says to be seen by others. Don't be like the 
hypocrites. He uses the word hypocrites three or four times in the verses we read. And, and I think that the, the modern church, you and I, when we hear the word hypocrite, we say, hey, I'm not that bad. I mean, it's become synonymous with, with people who are fake and false and, and people who, who say they go to church but they don't live like it. And, and we have this religious association with the word hypocrite. We have this religious tie to the word hypocrite. But quite frankly, when Jesus was preaching this verse, when he was preaching this sermon, when he said hypocrite, it didn't mean a religious person that was good on Sunday and bad on Monday. Do you know what it really meant? I'm going to read this from Marion Webster. If I can find it in my notes. A number of different things might pop in your mind when we hear the word hypocrite. Maybe it's a politician caught in a scandal. Maybe it's a religious leader doing something counter to their creed. Maybe it's a scheming, conniving character featured in soap operas. But it's likely the one thing that doesn't come to mind is the theater. The word hypocrite ultimately came into English from Greek word hypocritus, which means an actor or a stage player. So when Jesus was speaking, people weren't automatically thinking of the Pharisees when he said the word hypocrite. They were thinking of the dude in the mask at the play they went to last night. Literally, the hypocrite was the one behind the mask who had a particular audience, and his desire was to entertain the audience that came to partake in the the play that he was doing. His audience was, was known. It was the ones who either paid or chose to come that day to watch the play. That was the audience for the hypocrite. Who is your audience? You know, Paul, book of Galatians, he wrote this book and he's addressing a church that that he helped start, a church that he helped plant. And and he's writing a letter to them because as he planted this church, people are being persuaded by others. Because there were some people who came to that church and they started saying things that the people liked to hear that were counter to the teachings that Paul taught. And Paul was a pastor, and Paul was just like the rest of us. He wanted to make sure he had more people than everybody else on Sunday morning. No, I'm just kidding. But, but Paul had to wrestle with that reality. Do I want to compromise what I've been teaching in order to please the audience? Do I want to compromise the act of righteousness, the product of my faith, the reality that when God spoke to me and he blinded me and I went from Saul to becoming, to becoming Paul, I was transformed. The act of righteousness was to be an apostle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had to recognize who his audience truly was. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. These are Paul's words. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? Because if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul recognized it was important for him to understand who, who his audience was. Yes, he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to the church in Galatians, but he preached the gospel because of his audience, which was his father in heaven. As you're careful, when it comes to your acts of righteousness, I encourage you to answer the question, who? 
Transparent pastor. Can I be transparent? I'm going to be. Walt and Carrie have been leading us on the Bible in a year. Reading the Bible is a good thing. Pastor will say reading the Bible, that's good. That's a product of our faith. That's absolutely a good thing. It's an act of righteousness. But you see, I'm a pastor, and there's a bunch of people from church in a reading group with me. And, and I love that the Bible, it tracks, your, it tracks your course, and it tells you when I've read. And, 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 and the only problem with that was everyone else could see when I read too. And so as a pastor, I caught myself, literally caught myself being motivated at times to read my Bible because I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to. And if I don't get that check mark, Ryan's going to think I'm not a good pastor. And if I don't get that check mark, maybe Walt's going to say, where is our pastor at? He's not reading his Bible. He's not doing these things. And there were times that I was more compelled to read my scripture because of the audience of others than I was because I wanted to experience the word that God had for me that day. Let me tell you, we have to be very careful who our audience is. I want to read the Bible. I want my daily time. I want that secret, quiet place that I talked about. But I want it to be compelled because of who my audience is. I want God to speak to me in that moment. I want to look for that moment because I'm anxious for what God's going to speak to me. Not be guilty into that moment because I'm afraid of what others might think about me. How much of our faith at times is affected by an audience other than our maker. You see, we've got to know who. So be careful. Use caution. What? When you do the things that are the product of your faith. Because who? And then he said, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before others. Why? To be seen by them. You want to do your acts of righteousness before others. That's the motivation question. See, I I believe that that Jesus, as he's delivering these verses in Matthew chapter 6, he's really speaking to our motivation, the kingdom motivation in our lives, the who our audience, the why am I doing what I'm doing. Why am I spending time in the Word of God? Why am, I, why am I sharing my faith with others? Why am I doing these different things? Paul, he said, I'm not doing this so people like me. He knew his why. I'm not doing this so others are, are, are compelled by me. I'm not doing this to seek the approval of men. I'm not doing this so people might write an article about me in the Pentecostal Evangel. I'm not doing this so I get a page in that book that's going to be preached for 2,000 years on out. I'm doing this why? Because I'm a servant of the Most High. I'm doing this why? Because I was made a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm doing this why? Because I want to bring glory to my King. I'm doing this why? Because this is who God called me to be. There's a confidence that comes when we know what we're doing. When we know who we're doing it for and when we know why we're doing it you know i'm not as worried as what people might think about me when my acts of righteousness are to honor my king 
I'm not as worried about what might happen or what might be said or what might not be said when I do these things because I've got that motivation settled in my heart. And let me tell you, Jesus, I believe, is teaching that, hey, your motives might start in the right place, but it's all right to do a litmus test every now and then. Was I more compelled to get up and go to church today because I didn't want pastor to think I wasn't a good Christian? Was I more compelled to to give or was I more compelled to do these things for, for anything other than the genuine reality of who I am in Him? Did I give and have people play trumpets so that God would see what I was giving? Did I fast and make myself look like death warmed over and make sure everyone knew I was fasting so that God would know what I was doing? Now, I will say, church, some of these verses have really wrapped me up and probably put me in bondage before because I was afraid to talk about what I gave because I didn't want to lose my blessing. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's a problem that sometimes these acts of righteousness happen before men. That's okay. But that's when you've got to be careful. Because sometimes it feels good when man says to you, hey, that's pretty impressive what you said back there. Sometimes it feels good when, when others take notice of what you're doing and you get, a, you get a get a pin for not missing Sunday school for the last 15 years. But the reality is we have to be cautious. These things will happen. Paul couldn't preach the gospel without it being before others. Paul couldn't fulfill his act of righteousness without others seeing and participating. But Paul had to make sure that his motivation was not the hearts of men, but the heart of God. So when I know my what, and I know my who, and I know my why, there's a promise to this equation. I want to read the promise from Scripture. It says that your father who sees what is done in unseen or in quiet or whatever, he will reward you. I want to tell you we've got a good God that loves us and he will reward us. He will affirm you. He will encourage you. He will bless you when your acts of righteousness are done before Him. This chapter continues in verse 19. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So many of us, we live where our treasure is the affirmation of others, our audience, the, the people, the why. It's, it's all about what is seen, not what is unseen. He's saying, don't store up for yourself treasures on this earth. You know what? That opinion will change because we're all fallen and I'm going to screw up one day. And so if your opinion of me is only based on my acts of righteousness, if that's all I've been worried about is that you see what I do and that you see all the good things that I'm doing, I'm going to screw up one day. My wife's not here to say a big amen. I'm going to be on a flight with four kids. Required to wear a mask and lose my temper. I promise you. 
But that's not my treasure. Do you want to know what my treasure is? My treasure is one day standing before him and him saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. My treasure, the treasure that I have, isn't how many people come to church. It isn't all the things that we can accomplish. It isn't roles or titles that come on my name. My treasure is God looking at me and saying, good job, son. Matthew chapter 7, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I want to tell you, God desires to give you good things. God will honor the the product of your faith, the act of righteousness in your life. God will reward you for the things that you're doing on behalf of his name's sake. Kind of come in full circle this year. We started this year preaching 2020 vision. Our vision for this year was to be authentic Christians. The reality of the word that we're looking at today is an authenticity in who we are. That we know why we're doing what we're doing. That we can be authentic in our motives. That we can be authentic with our audiences. Why is this so important? Because he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who says, who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy? These are acts of righteous. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons? Didn't we do miracles? Didn't we have signs and wonders that accompany us? And he's going to say to them, I never knew you. Why? Because I had that hypocrite on. The mask. So I could perform before others. I just wore that mask. It was a pretty mask. It was a good mask. You know, I mentioned we flew. And we're cheap, so Tam just bought some pants and cut them up and made masks out of them for us. And so we all had kind of buffs on. And we're on a plane at one point, and I had my mask up over my face, and Tam could just see my eyes. And she said, are you smiling? I knew the answer to that question. I believe she knew the answer to that question. It might have been a rhetorical question, but it got me thinking. I could say whatever I want right now, and she wouldn't know. I mean, I could act like I'm smiling. I could act like everything was okay. I could act like everything was, was copacetic or whatever word you want to use in this moment. But the reality was I, was I was tired and a little frustrated and whatever else. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before others to be seen by them. But be careful to do your acts of righteousness before God. So your Father, who sees what is done in, in quiet, who sees what is done in submission, will reward you. I want to pray. Father, I thank you this day for this word. I thank you this day for, for the challenge of your words. And I pray for each of us that we could take heed to those words, God, to use caution, to consider, to carefully consider the things that we are doing, God, to, to make it a practice, to evaluate, to make it a, a, an understanding in our hearts, to, to gauge where our motivation where our kingdom motivation truly is. 
And God, help us. Help us to align ourselves with your will. Help us to submit ourselves to the place in the kingdom of God where we need to be. Let our righteousness, God, truly be based upon one thing. And that's what Jesus Christ did for us. Let our righteousness, God, and the product of our righteousness truly come from one place. That's the, the transformation that occurred in me because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that was made. That's the product of the new creation that I've become in Christ Jesus. God, I pray you would help me. I pray you would help us as we wrestle to do your very will. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, be blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you serve God wholeheartedly, acts of righteousness that bring rewards from your king. Amen. Be blessed.